All right. Okay, my friends, welcome to the show. <laughs> I'm Duke Lamastra, and uh, this is Real Live Talk. This is still a relatively new show, just kind of still figuring things out around here. But uh, it's really all about just having laid back, Christ-centered conversations with leaders in the body of Christ. And uh, hey, if this episode happens to bless you or add any value to your life, you could consider liking, subscribing, sharing, uh, my personal favorite, leaving a review. If you have a chance to do something like that, you don't have to. We're all friends here, but you could. You could. I'm just saying you could. If you want to uh, support the show in some way, you can do that by subscribing, sharing, leaving a review. Thanks so much in advance. Really appreciate you for watching and or listening to this episode. And again, I really hope it adds some value to your life, to your day. That's why we're here. And uh, my guest today, I'm super pumped. I'm super excited to have Pastor Lester Bell Jr. with me. Lester is the lead pastor at New Beginning Christian Center in Criola, Alabama. He's also an international speaker and author of several books, including Nice Guys, Never Finish Last, and Command Your Destiny. So, brother, thanks, man. Thanks for being here. Thanks for doing this. Appreciate you. Hey, man. Thanks for having me, man. I really appreciate the opportunity. And, uh Let's get to it. <laughs> so just to like maybe put you on the on the edge a little bit as we start here, how does it feel to be the uh, best dressed pastor on the Gulf Coast? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about best dressed. Um, that's my that's my opinion. But no, you 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 uh you've you've got some creative wardrobe choices and stuff like that from from time to time as I've seen you that just like I wish I could pull off and can't. And uh, I'm super monochromatic. My wife gets on my case about it, but <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but well, you, you got you're good in that department, man. Is that uh, is that you, or is that your wife, or a combination? Man, what do you think? You know, it's a combination of both. Um, if she's tuned in right now, hey babe. Um, but <laughs> she she um, <laughs> funny story around that. So I I love white. It's my favorite color. Um, oh, yeah. We're currently in my office right now. You can see I'm sitting in a white chair. I got white walls. Got a you know, I got a white um, whiteboard back there, and so my favorite color is white. And so, um, funny story, we um, she just I just got some more white shoes because I love white, and um, I, I've worn them two Sundays in a row. And she said, "Hey, look, I'm the one curating your outfit, so you need to switch the shoes." And I was like, "And so I'm in a." She got the baby in the bed with her. I'm trying to, you know, be quiet. I'm like, but white is my favorite color. So um, thankfully, she uh, she helps me uh, with some some ideas and uh, some ideas I just kind of just, you know, throw together myself. And she uh, sometimes sometimes doesn't approve <laughs> of it. So. So, yeah. OK. Um, OK. So, so a little yeah. bit of both, a little bit of both, right. but she's kind of, so d does every, does the, does the church, for example, know that she's the one kind of curating and putting you together up there? They don't really know that. I kind of <laughs> well, take now the, they uh, yeah, now they might, I kind of take the, um, I kind of <laughs> take the glory for it a little bit. Uh, so there you go. yeah, um, try to switch it up, man, and try to, you know, be free. Cause you know, what I've learned is this, you know, when the past is free, people can be free too, you know, especially, yeah. you know, when they come to, you know, hear a Sunday sermon, they can be free. They don't have to be all bound up and all tight, you know, so. Yeah, man. Yeah, well, I do feel like that's kind of the point of uh, 
of being married is that our wives do all the work and we take the credit for it. That's kind of like, that's kind of how it usually works out. Right. <laughs> and that, and but, uh, definitely, you know, that's definitely how it's working out now, you know, with us with yeah. the new little ones. So, <laughs> uh, so she did, she did the caring for nine months, but now I'm doing, I'm taking the glory for it. Like I carry him nine months. So. Yeah, man. So what's it like being a brand new dad? That's amazing. Congratulations. And what's that been like, man? Thank you, man. It's, it's, it's intense. Um, it's intense, glorious. And it's, it's really, uh, and I tell people this all the time, you know, it's really teaching me how to be a better pastor, how to be a better leader. And um, I'm just learning, you know, how to really, you know, take care of the people because what I've learned is this with um, our son, he's, he's number three. So Lester Bell, the third, AKA trip. What I've learned is this um, is with your kids, you can either love or manipulate them. And, you know, wow. the same, the same goes for, you know, spiritual fathers, you can either love or manipulate your people. And wow. so it sounds really weird for me to say, Hey, trip, I want you to take care of me. And when you get older and have a son and your son to take care of you, it sounds really foolish to say that um, because um, he's a baby. He doesn't know, you know, what's best for me. Yeah. He doesn't know what's best for himself sometimes. And so um, I'm, I'm, I'm learning love and uh, a father's love, you know, mm. and the, the love of God, the father on a whole totally different level now. And so it's, it's a beautiful, wow. beautiful um, opportunity. And uh, every day I'm thankful, you know, for my wife and I'm thankful for him because, you know, without her, there would be no him, you know. So it's just allowing me to just see life from a totally different vantage point. And it's, it's just been it's just been phenomenal. So that's beautiful, man. Yeah, I, I would definitely echo that, too. Like I've learned so many lessons about God, about the love of the father, about my relationship with God through just like those interactions with my kids, you know. And uh, it's 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 pretty amazing how having a having a child will just like totally shift your perspective, like your perspective on life, your perspective on ministry, how you treat people, how you care for people, like soften, you know, soften you up, soften your heart. I, like, I've known some dudes that were like pretty hard dudes and then had like a, a little girl and then just like the walls just come down, man. It, it might not be immediate, but but it just happens, you know, have you, have you experienced any of that? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Most definitely. Um, I was reading an article and it's, and it was talking about basically how uh, child birth not only changes the mother, it changes the father too. Now here's the deal. If you let it now you can, you can try to keep those walls up, but um, why keep the walls up when you are, you know, uh, being fruitful and multiplying. And so I've, I've definitely, in my life, I've seen the perspective shift. And um, it's it's been really eye-opening for me. Um, and so it's just been, it's just been, it's, it's one of those feelings that, that you try to describe, but you really can't describe um, because it's just that intense and it's just that, uh, it's just that rewarding. And so, um, scripture says that children are heritage. And so I definitely, definitely understand that. And it is, uh, it is, it is beautiful. So. That's awesome, man. Well, again, congratulations. And uh, how's your lovely wife doing? 
And she's doing she's doing amazing. I asked her the other day, I said, Are you sure you had a baby two months ago? He'll be three <laughs> months next week. So she's doing phenomenally well. And um she has just this resilience and this bounce backness that has really just inspired me in this season of life that we are in. And you know, it's just mm. it just goes to show, you know, when you really, you know, treat people right and you have a relationship with God. Um, he's going to take care of you all the time and he's going to allow you to bounce back from any situation. And so um, it's been it's been phenomenal just to just see her grow and see her um, mature as a mother, mature as a wife. And so mm. it's been it's, it's been great. That's awesome. That's awesome. man. Well, you guys are a great team. And uh, so how long have you been? Well, first of all, how long have you been married? So this year on June 30th, it made three years for us. So we got married in 2018. Uh, and we actually we started dating in December of 2017. And at that moment when I met when I met her, um, I always knew like this is my wife. And so um, we got married and that we got married like six months later. So June mm-hmm. of 2018, we got married. So it's, it's been about three years now. So that's awesome. And how long have you been the lead pastor at NBCC, New Beginning Christian Center? So we're going we're going into our third year. So this is year three. Um, and so, um, yeah, so life really happened kind of fast for us. We got married in six months. Four months later, we become lead pastors, and um, we've been we've been working at it ever since. So that's awesome, man. And how long um, how long has NBCC existed (laughs) yeah so your parents founded it is that correct they did they did so we um so we started my parents started new beginning christian center in 1996 so this year it made 25 years for us so we turned 25 years old this year so yeah so when we started i was just six at the time Mm -hmm. and so just to see it grow and to see it you know transform over the years it's been it's been really, really great. So, yeah, man, that's amazing. So, I, I, I'm, I'm curious. Then, so you grew up in the church that you now pastor, right? Um, what's that been like, man? What, how, how was that? Just sort of that, that transition, and and of course, I'm, I'm sure there's people that have like, uh, you know, known you for many, many years. Um, you know, all that kind of stuff. Like, how has that been? pastoring the church now that you spent your whole life in man it's my dad would always say this he said um because he, he he had always been training me you know ever since i was i, I started ministering at 13 wow. and so i've been uh, ministering since 13 i'm 31 currently and it's been about 18 years so he would always tell me he said well when you become a pastor you know, things are going to shift. You're going to see things from a totally different, you know, level. So I've I've been able to, I think the beautiful thing about our story is I've been able to go through every stage with NBCC. I've been able to be the usher, the sound man, the drummer, mm-hmm. the armor bearer, the one who cleans up, the one who is up early in the morning, um, you know, seeking the father with my father. Um, I've been able to go through all of those stages, the gospel rapper, um the singer Wait, on the praise back team. up back yeah. up back up <laughs> we're not just gonna we're not just gonna blow through that one like it didn't happen hold on you yeah. just, you said you said gospel rapper 
Yes, yes, yes. I was I was at one point in time we had we had these two groups here. Um, one was named Two Words of Wisdom. That was our girl group. And we had a boys group named Minds of Christ. And um, basically, I believe, you know, I, I learned how to rap in that time, but I believe it was more of a opportunity and a door opener for other people who were part of those groups. And so um, I believe it was also kind of a picture of the future of us allow of of us being open to more things because we mm. we came we came from um we came from a baptist tradition and so it was kind of like you know kind of you know strict on what we can do what we can't do you can't do this you can't wear this and so with the introduction of uh, the gospel group that really kind of broke some ground of hey let's open our minds up and be free now i have nothing against um baptist you know sure. tradition so if anybody is on here who's baptist i have nothing against you uh, it's a part of love my you. roots and, you, um, and sisters yeah yeah we we definitely i definitely love you all and i even i even told somebody the other week i think i told our lead our, our worship lead i said i uh, i feel my baptist roots coming back because a few sundays ago i just wanted to kind of just hoop and uh <laughs> hoop and just kind of just just holler and i was like what is actually going on and so um, God uses every part of yeah. our life uh, for a reason, and we don't, we shouldn't, you know, compartmentalize and try to throw those, try to throw those parts away. Um, we should allow God to use those those seasons that we went through um, for a reason and for His glory in the future. And so, you may not understand, you know, what you're going through at that moment, but if you continue along, then you'll see. Okay, well, this is why I went through this. So. I believe it's it's been. Can I, can I interrupt you for a second? Um, yes, sir. I, I uh, because I I want to I just want to like speak to that for a second because I I really believe when I when I look at you I see somebody who is just you've got this gifting you and your wife together actually you have this gifting for bringing people together and bridging gaps in ministry and uh, like for connecting younger generations with older generations but i also see that for like <clears throat> excuse me scratch my throat i for for this kind of stuff too like interdenominational bridging of gaps and stuff like that i don't know if that's something that you've like ever thought about or not but um or if i'm you know talking crazy just like tell me to shut up but like <laughs> but i but i just um i think that that's something that you guys are particularly gifted with and i think that that's so key and it's so huge because there's so much there there can be we can tend toward division and separation we can tend toward like this tribalistic sort of mentality when it comes to ministry like oh these are my people because this is my denomination or these are my people because it's who i grew up with or these are my people because of a certain age group or whatever and i just think that that's something that um that you guys particularly have a gifting from God in that area to sort of be those gap bridge, uh, gap. What's what I'm looking for? Uh, bridging those gaps bridges, and building yeah. those bridges. I was, I was trying to think of like both, both things. Um, yeah, just to, to connect people together. Um, so anyway, I'm just, uh, you, I didn't, I didn't want to interrupt you, but I just felt like I had to for a second. <laughs> no, and that's, you know, that's good. You know, actually that's, that's interesting that you said that because I just sent my wife something today. It was this picture, um, of, it was a picture of a so it was a, it was a black and white picture almost it was a person in yellow 
um, and it was a bunch of people in gray. So the person in yellow came came up to the people in gray, and what happened? The yellow person infected a few other people, and then the other people infected the other people. And I just I just sent that picture to my wife today, and I said, Hey, look, I am thankful that you carry that value to just welcome everybody, you know, because she has the ability, and I think it has kind of unlocked it in me as well. She has the ability to come into a room, change the atmosphere with just her, um, with her, just her personality, you know, because she really allows people to kind of just be gravitated towards her because she's so full of that. And so um, I'm, I'm thankful, you know, that we have that ability to do that because that's, that's ultimately my vision, you know, and my call on my life is to not just be a one denominational um, or one color um, pastor yeah, or teacher man. or leader, because it's at the end of the day, the scripture says there is no male or female, no Jew or Greek, you know, in God. And so um, we want to make sure that we're really um, representing who Christ was. He did not he did not say, hey, look, I'm just coming for a specific few people. The scripture says, for God so loved the world um, that he sent his only begotten son. And anybody who's, who believes in him shall live and, and have eternal life, shall not perish. And so I, we yeah. want to we want to make sure. And I think that's one of the things that attracted us to one another is we want to make sure that um, we can reach all people and not just you know limit ourselves to just one denomination, because I believe that God is is not a denomination God, you know, before, before religion even existed, God was God. And so we have to make sure we, we keep that focus and keep that, um, make that our priority. I believe we'll be able to reach, you know, more people. And so that's really, that's really what it's about. Yeah, man, that's awesome. That's beautiful. Um, so I don't want to, uh, were we still talking about the gospel rap thing? Because I didn't want to. <laughs> I want to make sure that, that I don't miss any opportunities here. So, yeah. um, was it some? Was was it was that something? <laughs> forgive me. <laughs> was that something that you uh, that you did as a part of? So you you said there was the the ladies group or the girls group and the boys group. The boys group was the Minds of Christ. Um, right. Were you a? Did you did you ever do stuff? Uh, with with rap hip hop like on your own as far as writing music and stuff like that yeah so i didn't do anything on my own everything was just kind of group based uh, we did you know we wrote we wrote our songs we wrote our lyrics That's and awesome. um we actually you know we had we had a elder of our church um who knew the music business and so he was able to kind of connect us and put us in the right right places you know and the right people and so we um it was it was it was it was really interesting to see i think it was more of a um let's break the monotony of what church you know okay. what we thought church is and so i think that was one of the things um that it did and it also kind of encouraged the gifting of other people and I, I feel like that's you know another thing that god has gifted me with to see the gifting in other people and allow um allow you know me to speak into that you know because i never forget it is um one of my brothers he's our, our sound tech here um he wasn't he wasn't rapping he wasn't making any beats and holy spirit just 
influenced me. And you remember floppy disks, you know, those floppy disks back in the oh, day. Yeah. Um, there was this program called Fruity Loops, and he encouraged me to say, Hey, give this, give this Fruity Loops to this person. I gave the Fruity Loops to my brother, and ever since he's gotten Fruity Loops, he has become you know, such a great influence in the music world and uh, wow. his his beautiful wife um, and they're expecting as well. So his beautiful wife um, sings as well. So she sings on our praise team. And so he can sing too. Um, hopefully we'll be able to get him up there one day. But um, but yeah, so it, it just opened up so many doors for him. And, I, and that's that's what I want to do. I want to um, I don't want I don't want people to you know, try to make me, I want to try to help bring their dreams to life and, you know, help their vision come true uh, because that's really what it's about. So that's great, man. Um, so cool. I, uh, I used Fruity Loops one time in high school to, <laughs> to write a rap song. Um, so I wrote a rap to the, to the tune of uh, Eminem's Lose Yourself when I was okay. a senior in high school. I did it for a project. That was a uh, well. It wasn't exactly Eminem's "Lose Yourself," but we we recreated something very similar with uh, you know in Fruity Loops. Right. <laughs> a buddy of mine was helping me out with it, and like I turned it in for a, an English class assignment uh, that was supposed to be a literary assignment. On the we were it, it was like we were studying the the play Hamlet, and we were supposed to I forget I was supposed to write like an act or something like a new act, you know, just imagine yeah. that there was another act added on to the, sh to the sh play. Like, what would you do? And I waited to the last minute to do the assignment. And then I didn't want to do that. So I wrote a rap song <laughs> and I literally rapped about Hamlet for like three minutes. And I don't remember any of it. I remember the first line. <laughs> I don't remember, like, I don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't understand how it happened and how it worked out, but like, I got an a plus, like I got a hundred on it. And I became like instantly famous because my English teacher started playing it in like every one of his classes. Wow. <laughs> it was like the most ridiculous, at the time, embarrassing thing. Now I think it's hilarious, but yeah. I was like, oh my God, I didn't think people were actually going to listen to it. He would play it every day. For the rest of the year, he played it every day in class. And it was the most like humiliating thing. But it was, I mean, everyone else thought it was funny. Um, he was a nut. He was a, he was a really funny guy. But anyway. Yeah. That's my and I, I think, you know, I think that speaks to who you are, you know, as a person, you're able to, and I think that's one of your strengths. You're able to create things. And I really admire that about you. You're really creative, you know, when it comes to creating things and creating um, just, just the, just creativity. And I really admire that about you. Uh, we've only had a few interactions, but I can just see that in you, you know, you have that creativity. This show is creative um the books you've written they're creative and so you do you have that you have that you have a strength of yours that i really admire is that creativity and i appreciate that about you so uh, thanks for letting me know that and uh we're gonna have to do a hamlet remix or something <laughs> like that i really wish i could find it i like i don't have a copy of it uh but i wish i could listen to it now to know like, like what this actually sound like because i only have it like a very vague idea in my head of what it actually sounded like but uh, but truthfully, I, I really appreciate what you're saying. Um, that means a lot to me. I, I, I've never really looked at myself as a creative uh, person. Um, Denise is very creative. Um, like I can, you know, we can give her something to do and she's just like ideas are flowing. Like, um, so I don't know. I've never really looked at myself that way. 
but I have noticed that like recently when I, when the Lord gives me something to do um, and I might look at it like, okay, like, I don't know how I'm going to do that. Um, but then once I start to move into it, uh, like I have noticed that, 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 that creativity, you know, does begin to flow and yeah, man, I don't know. It's just something that uh, maybe, maybe that's just a, a, a defect in my thinking. I don't know, but I've, I've never really looked at myself in that way before. Um, so anyway, to hear you like say that to me, it, it, it means a lot. And, and I appreciate that. So thank you. <laughs> Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So just just call it what I see, man. Just call it what I see. So yeah. Um, Thank you, brother. So. Are you um so you you kind of grew up like through your teenage years, you had an idea that you were gonna go into pastoral ministry? Or was it kind of yeah. <laughs> yeah, what yeah, what what so so really, you know, what kind of happened is um I had kind of seen what happened to my dad um, being a pastor, and you know, I, you get to see as a pastor child, you get the pastor's child, you get to see the the good, uh, you get to see the bad, and you get to see the ugly. And I got to see all of that. And there was a one point in my life I was like, God, I don't know if I really want to be a pastor. Like, I don't really want to go through that. Um, that I don't want to really carry that burden. You know, maybe I can be an evangelist. You know, maybe I can do this gospel rap thing. You can travel the world and do that, you know, but I don't really want to be uh, a pastor. Um, and so um, God had to remind me of who he created me to be. And um, ultimately, um, I, I see myself as a teacher. Uh, and so, you know, I want to teach through want to teach through books. I want to teach through podcasts. I want to teach through, yeah. you know, academic settings. And so this role of pastor, um, I'm thankful and I, I appreciate it for sure. Cause it's a definitely, it's a definitely a whole new burden. Um, but he had to, he just had to remind me of, of who I was. And so, um, he allowed me to kind of get back on track because I, I, I really tried to run from it because I really, and even, you know, even when dad, my dad made the transition in 2018, I tried to run from it then because I was like, I'm not ready. Like, Wow. I'm not ready at all, you know, and so thankfully, our bishop, um, Bishop Levy Knox, he encouraged me and he um, kind of just held my arms up because, you know, in that wow. season, I was like, okay, I just got married, my dad just transitioned, now here I am getting ready to become a pastor of a church. I don't know what I'm doing, you know, and so yeah, um, God had to, you know, and he still, he still has only been two and a half years, and so he's still showing me things still showing me who he created me to be. And um, I'm just walking in that, you know, I had to kind of get to a place of where, you know, God, is your, like like Jesus, when he was getting ready to be uh, crucified, he was like, uh, I don't really want to do this, you know, started started sweating blood and water. He's like, I don't really want to do this. He said, but yeah. not my will, your will be done. And so yeah. I, I've really taken that posture when it comes to, because I've, I've, I believe that, you know, God has, God, God doesn't make mistakes. As as cliche and in sure. um, Christianese as it sounds, yeah. he really doesn't. And so, uh, I, I just believe, and I'm starting to believe more and more that God has called me for a time as this time, such as this. So, yeah, man, I'm just I'm just open, you know, to who and what He desires for me to be in that season. Yeah, I, I like I struggled for a a long time 
as when I when I was younger, so probably my my later teenage years and stuff like that, I knew that I was called to ministry, but I had this thing in my head where I I, I just so like I knew kind of what I wanted to do or like what my what my burden was, what my what my some of the things that I was passionate about for teaching people and stuff like that. But I struggled with this thing of like being a pastor or being in this kind of role because I felt like I was going to be limited and not able to do the different things that I wanted to do. And so I struggled with it for a long time. I think that that sort of thinking will cause you to run from the plan of God for your life because you feel like it's going to be something that's going to trap you. And so, like, I think that that relates, man, because like I tell people this all the time. I think that relates to you, whether you're in ministry, business, you know, whatever you you want to do with your life or you're doing with your life that like you might be passionate about a bunch of things. And so you have a difficult time narrowing something down as far as where do I go? What do I study? You know, who do I partner with? Where do I move? Like these different things that are like those decisions that matter. But because you think that it's going to limit you or somehow stall you out or not allow you to get to where you want to go and ultimately accomplish what you want to accomplish. But like the thing is, you can actually do everything that's in your heart. It might not be all at once or all in the same season. But like as you begin to step into those, you know, step through those doors that God is opening for you in the season that you're in, like you'll begin to see the thing unfold and take shape because you're like, yeah, so I'm a pastor, but. I'm a teacher and I want to teach through writing books and podcasts and I want to travel and I want to minister to different people around the world and I want to, you know, do these different things. It's hard to say, okay, well, we're going to call that being the pastor at this church or we're going to call that, you know, doing this. And so I, I think sometimes people can get, you know, especially people that are trying to follow God and God's voice and God's leading for their lives, not wanting to miss it and stuff like that. I just think that we can sort of bog ourselves down with confusion at like, well, I don't know how this is all going to happen. How's this going to pan out? Why did this, why did I have this dream? And why did I have like, like, look, like take it, you know, take that, that dream, that vision, that passion, those things that God has put inside of you, like take, hold on to those things, meditate on those things, keep those things in front of you. But then don't be afraid of like, what's the next step? And don't be afraid of, I'm going to step into this role for this season, because if it's what God is leading you to do, then like, he still knows about all those other, th other things that he's told you about. And so it's all going to work out, you know, in time. And so some people are just like really, you know, either, either they're creative or they're passionate about a lot of different things. And so that can sometimes become a burden if you look at it as something that has to limit you. It doesn't have to limit you and you don't have to just decide this one thing I'm going to do forever. Like you can actually do all of it, um, but just allow the Holy Spirit to like lead you through, you know, that process. Yeah. And that, that, um, you know, just basically what you said, you know, I kind of, <clears throat> it kind of reminded me of the story of Saul and David. And, um, you know, when we, when we allow ourselves to be limited by someone else's perspective, um, then that makes yeah. us ineffective in what God has called us to do. Perfect example, story of Saul and David, right? When David was about to go fight Goliath, Saul was like, hey, put this armor on, put this armor on, take this sword, because this is what this is how we usually fight. And so David was like, nah, I don't, I don't, I don't do that. So David was yeah. like, I got my slingshot, I'm about to get my five stones. That's how I'm going to fight. And so I had to kind of just take that mindset and apply it to my life because it's, 
you know, people will will box a pastor in, you know, and me, if you know, if if anyone knows me, like you cannot box me into your idea. And I think that's what happens a lot of times with a lot of people, whether it be in the business sector, um, whether it be in the ministry field, we get boxed in about what we think it should be and we miss out on who God called us to be. And so God has God has called us and, he, and he's all made us, he's made us all unique. And so anytime that yeah. we try to be a carbon copy of somebody else, um, we limit the effect and the effectiveness of who God created us to be. And that's when I became a pastor, that's who I tried to be. I tried to be a carbon copy of my father. And um, I love my father. Um, I love him to life. But God called, he called Moses and Joshua to lead different. He called Moses yeah, to lead man. the people out. He called Joshua to lead the people in. And so there's a that 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 takes different strategies, that takes different um different wow. thought systems, different patterns, different leadership skills. Um, and so you have to flow in who God created you to be. And so you can't be a carbon copy of somebody else because you're saying a guy, hey God, I don't appreciate how you made me. And I had to learn that and I'm still learn learning that, you know, because wow. there was even one point in my ministry where I thought I had to wear a suit every Sunday. But Nowhere in scripture does it say that. It says that nowhere in scripture. Right. And so um, I guess that's where the whole, you know, dress thing comes from because I want to switch it up. You know, I I feel like, you know, God didn't, God called me at to be a pastor. I think I was 29. He didn't call me to be a 65, 75, 85-year-old pastor. Right. He called right. me to be a 29-year-old, 30-year-old, 31-year-old pastor. And so I have to flow in who God created me to be and not who God created others to be in. And I think that's how we become more effective and we reach in other people that God has called us to reach. So, I love it, man. That's a good word. Um, I, there's uh, something that I, <laughs> I think I quoted it on here once before, but I'm going to say it again. I, I think it's from um, Bill Johnson, but it's, you know, if you, if you could see yourself the way that God sees you, you would never ever want to be or try to be like anybody else. That's good. You know? And so when you compare yourself to somebody else, it's just such a, first of all, it's such a waste of time. But second of all, it can be so destructive and just really cause you and the world around you to miss out on the creativity that God has placed within you and on what his desire to bring out of you is. And, you know, so, yeah, I just I, I agree with you 100 percent, man. And, and, and anytime we do that, when we just waste that time going down that rabbit hole of oh, I should be more like this person and I, I, my ministry should look more like this and everything should be like, OK, I get it. Like there's different ministries, for example, for, for us or if you're in the business world or whatever, we could, you know, we, you could you could relate this there, too. But for us, like if I if I'm just trying to constantly switch up my my church model to be like the you know the church that's doing really well down the street or the church that's doing really well you know on the other side of the ocean or whatever and just like doing that like okay that that's great like i can pick up on things like oh you know they did this this way or they taught on this and they you know and you know god can speak to you through that all right so i i get that i'm not i'm not saying that we don't look to each other for insight i'm not saying that but if i'm always just like changing to kind of like be like everybody else kind of like keeping up with the joneses but like church style so if I'm doing that, then like, 
first of all, that might not be my vision. That might not be the vision of what God has for me and for and for this church, for this ministry, for this business, whatever. So like, yeah, man, just we don't we don't all have to run after that stuff. And I, I feel like I'm learning that more and more, even with something as simple as this podcast, because like a lot of people have opinions about how it should be and how, what it should look like and how I should run it. I'm like, you're you're probably right. <laughs> you're you're probably right. I probably should do it that way. But like right now, I'm doing this is what I want to do. Like this is what I want to do. And I feel like if I try to do it the way that, you know, that I should do it because that's the way that I've seen it work for other people, then I'm probably not going to enjoy it as much and I might not even last. I might I might not even follow through with it. You know what I mean? And so seasons change and stuff like that. Like we can adapt and and everything, but definitely like doing living your life based on what's inside of you and what you're passionate about. And most importantly, like Trump's everything, what God is saying, you know, <laughs> like what is God saying? And we're all growing in that, you know, in, in discerning the voice of the Holy spirit and all that. But like he makes his voice clear to us. He makes his will clear to us if we're listening, if we're walking with him. And so yeah, like for anybody out there that might be listening to this, just like if that's been a struggle for you in your life, just know like you don't need to compare yourself to anybody else. You can look to other people for wisdom and advice and guidance, and you should have spiritual fathers and mothers in your life and all that kind of stuff. Awesome. We need that. We need each other. But um, you don't need to compare yourself to anybody else because God created you perfectly the way he wanted you to be. And he's put things on the inside of you that are not in this inside of that other person that you're comparing yourself to. And they're not supposed to be because they're doing their own thing. So, uh, yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's, and that's, yeah, I, I definitely agree with that. You know, a hundred percent, a thousand percent, you know, God is, is forming us to function how he created us to function, you know? And so this water bottle doesn't function in the same way that this, that this, um, that this AirPod case doesn't function in. And it's okay. It's not saying, well, man, I should okay. be able to, I should be able to carry was <laughs> at the moment I try to put these, these headphones in this water container, then the headphones will not survive. And so that's what happens a lot of times, you know, with people, you know, we try to, we see glory and glamor in a, in a, in a role and we think, okay, that's what I want to do. I want to do the same thing. And then we get in that role and we're like, oh, man, it's more than what I thought it was. And so yeah, man. you want to make sure that you are operating in the function, the functionality that God has formed you for, you know. So when we do that, then when I when I use this case for the function, now I could use it. And I, and I told my church this, I could use this to kill a roach but that's not what it's made for <laughs> you know it's made to it's made to charge the app it's made to ch charge the headphones and so god is wanting you to you know function in the form that he created you and it's okay if you're different and that's one of the things i had to learn and i'm still learning mm -hmm. to this day it's okay to be different like it's okay to be different like yeah man. like you we and we we get we, I guess we get in the mindset of man I'm so different will they accept me and that's that's what my I guess that's what my I guess you know kind of weakness came in because I was like okay I'm so different will they accept me like will they accept this 29 year old pastor who wears mm. um, distressed jeans or who wears a, a suit jacket with no tie or who doesn't 
wear a suit on Easter, you know, and I've learned that as long as I'm doing who God, as long as I'm being who God created me to be, it doesn't matter what anybody else says because I'm functioning in the form that God created me to function. And so, um, yeah, I just want to encourage whoever is listening, whoever God has created you to be, be them. You know, you don't have to be, you don't have to be no, you don't have to be anyone else. Uh, and it's okay to be different. It's okay. Yeah, man. Good word. Love it. Um, well, on that note, I, I wanted to um, talk to you about one. Well, first of all, let me, let me, let me say this because uh, very, everybody watching, listening, um, Pastor Lester Bell Jr. has um, a handful of books that are amazing and they're available for you to purchase. I know they're available on Amazon. Do you do you sell them anywhere else or or is Amazon the best place for, for yeah, find Amazon? Them? Yeah, Amazon is the, is the best place. Okay, so amazon.com uh, um, you can search for Lester Bell Jr. and uh, they'll they'll come up at least they they did for me when I did it <laughs> when I did my search. <laughs> but um yeah, so uh, just I, I just want to encourage you to 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 check out those resources that are out there and available for you. Um, I wanted to bring up one in particular. It's um, I believe the first book you ever wrote. It's called "Command Your Destiny: The Key to Living the Life You Want." And in that book, you you focus a lot on mindset uh, about the mind that God has given to us and the fact that we actually have the God given ability to shift our thinking because like so much of thinking is negative in nature right or, or so much of thinking can be negative in nature and we could just sort of dismiss that and just learn to be okay and comfortable with that but you actually like you don't have to be and so <laughs> in this book you talk a lot about you know different principles and truths and practical things that that we can do to to shift our mindset shift our thinking from the negative stuff to positive um, and, you know, not settling for those things so that we can really experience the best out of life and the things that God has for us. So uh, I just wanted to bring this up, man. And, and maybe um, could you tell I know you wrote it a long time ago, but could you uh, talk a little bit about uh, your heart uh, behind this book in particular and uh, what you want people to get out of it? Yeah, most definitely. Um, you know, like I said, that, like like uh, Duke said, that was my first book that I ever wrote. And um, that book, hold on one second. For some reason, my AirPods had to go out. Oh. <laughs> there we go. We're back, we're back, we're back, we're back, we're back. Yeah, I don't know why that, that technology, I guess they heard me talking about them, so they wanted to go out for a second. Yeah. But yeah, um, back at you. that book really, yeah, that book really um, was inspired from something my dad had me do when I turned 12, either 12 or 13. He had me read As a Man Think It by James Allen. And um, he made me read that book and he made me give him 10 points. But those 10 points really turned into a book um, because I started to see that, okay, the type of thoughts I live determine a type of, I mean, the type of thoughts I have determine a type of life that I live. So yeah, man. Um, that book's focus was, it was basically on, and I majored, I majored um, in psychology. And so that book was basically about, you know, how the mind works. And and I use a simple principle of if you sow, you know, apple seeds, you're going to get apple tree. If you sow lemon seeds, you're going to get a lemon tree, you know, and mm -hmm. those negative thoughts yeah. that we have in our mind, they're almost like weeds. And so the, those weeds um, tend to choke out the pot, the, the good plants. And so 
I based it off that premise um, because I really wanted people to understand it because I feel like, you know, we can we can think uh, so negatively and it, it can cause our life to go down the wrong path. And mm. um, there's this quote um, that I really like uh, that one of kind of my faraway mentors says, he said, we are born looking like our parents, but we die, look, we die looking like our decisions and our decisions are wow. fueled. Our decisions are fueled by the thoughts that we think. And mm. so our behavior um, is fueled by the thoughts that we think. So I believe that the scripture says, you know, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. Um, and it, it also tells us to be transformed by the renewing of our mind. And so if if that's if that's what the scripture is telling us, then the mind uh, is not mind over matter. It is right. mind matters. And so once we understand that, we'll start to, you know, start thinking better. And as a as a consequence of thinking better, we'll see our life get better as well. And so Mm. hear me. I'm not only saying that you can you can just just think this into existence. No, it's going to take some action on your part. You just can't say, well, I'm going to think about a million dollars. I want a million dollars. I am a millionaire. I want this. I want that. No, it's going to take it's going to take some work. On your part, scripture says faith without works is dead. And so we want to make sure that um, we apply the faith and we also apply the principle, which is working our faith um, and allowing those works to to help us get to where God created us to get to. Um, And I I actually talked about this Sunday, how uh, sometimes as 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 believers, as kingdom believers, we get kind of spiritually lazy. Mm. And we don't prepare for what God, um, God um, has for us. And I, I, I base it off of Jeremiah 12 and 5. If you get a chance, I'm going to just kind of paraphrase it, LBJ phrase it. It says this, it says, if you have ran with men, men and gotten weary, how can you expect to run with horses? So basically, um, the premise was this, um, that God is not a conditional God, but could it be the, that the condition of our life is based on the condition of the preparation that we have um, and the belief that God is going to do it? Because sometimes we don't really believe God is going to do it, so we don't prepare it. And then when God does it, we get it. We kind of self-sabotage it because we hadn't prepared for it. And so um, it really, you know, it really takes, you know, thinking the right thoughts it really takes, you know, making sure we prepare, make sure we apply the process, uh, apply the principles so that we can accept the promise. And so, yeah, that that's that's really what that book is about. I kind of just modernize it for you. Um, but, yeah, that book is ultimately about, you know, how you think, um, because I believe that how you think determines how you live. Yeah, man, 100 um, percent. Proverbs 7.23, as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. And like. I think that we can we can ignore how how important that really is as as you think in your heart, you know, it's one thing to have a thought come into your head and you can easily a thought that comes in your head. You can you can dismiss it. Well, you, you well, you can make a choice, you know, like we always have a choice to make when when negative thoughts start coming in, whether they're lies of the enemy or whatever, just somebody telling us well either way it's a lie of the enemy but but you know somebody telling you that you're not good enough somebody telling you whatever you know and you can begin to take those lies in so you've got a choice you can go a different direction in your thinking you can cast them down like like uh, second corinthians chapter 10 tells us 
casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. Or like I can choose to partner with that thought that's then come into my head. And as I begin to take that thought on and meditate on that, it will eventually make its way into my heart if I do it long enough. And once it gets there, like you said, um, if you, it, in other words, like the, your, your lifestyle, the way that you live is a direct result of the thoughts that you think, the, the, of your thought life. Your thought life very much influences the way that you live your life. And so as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. Once those things get rooted and grounded in your heart on the inside of you, then what happens? Well, Proverbs 4 tells us that out of the, uh, the heart flows all the issues of life. So you live based on what's in your heart. And how do those things get in your heart? They come from your head. They come from those thoughts that come in. And so I think that we can live our lives just sort of in this state where we just accept things. You know, we bad news comes our way. And so we just accept it as as fact or, you know, accept it as as our new reality now. You know, uh, hear the, hearing things on the news or hearing things on social media or just whatever. And we take those things in and we can just very easily just without paying attention, accept those things. And so we've got to be willing to understand the mind of Christ, which we have. We have the mind of Christ. Doesn't The Bible doesn't say we're going to get it someday. It says we have it. We have his mind. And so that's that, like the like you mentioned, the trans the transformed by the renewing of the mind. Our minds are renewed as we bring our thinking more into alignment with His way of thinking. And as we think more and more like He thinks, we can begin to recognize much more quickly and clearly when a thought that's coming our way doesn't line up with His way of thinking. And so we've got to be able to say, "No, that's not a God thought. That's not something that I need to take or settle for or live from." So I'm just gonna I'm gonna cast that thing down and I'm gonna choose to fill my my mind, my heart, my thinking, my mindset like with what's true, with the truth yeah. of the word of God and what God says about me. Yeah. And yeah, I definitely saying. I definitely, definitely agree with all of that, you know, and, and, and I look at it like this as well, you know. What tells your heart to keep beating? Your subconscious mind. All right. Well. Wow. And so um, I believe that when the scripture says, as a man thinks in his heart, so is he, that's as you think in your subconscious mind, because your subconscious mind is keeping your heart beating. So you don't have to tell your, you don't tell your heart, hey, heart, keep beating. Like, I'm not telling my heart, hey, make yep. sure you beat. But my subconscious mind is doing that. And so a lot of times what happens is we allow a thought to come in our conscious mind, then we'll let it sink down into our subconscious mind. And our subconscious mind, it doesn't, it, it's like a recorder. It doesn't. It doesn't take it as a joke or not. It says, "Okay, I'm going to. Um, I'm going to use. I'm going to use that, and you're going to see the fruit of it in your life." And so, a lot of times, you know, people have a hard time in church with faith, and faith is not denying the reality. Faith is believing that God can change the reality, and so that takes you putting in um, faith thoughts. It, it takes you putting in kingdom thoughts. It takes you putting in the word of God. And when you do, yeah, then man. you can, you can, you can pull down those strongholds because those thoughts uh, formulate into strongholds. And so um, the stronghold, and that's why the scripture says that we come against every stronghold. And so it, it makes that stronghold. And it, it, once a stronghold is in your heart, it's kind of hard for you to get rid of that. You can mm -hmm. listen to all those sermons in the world, 
But if 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 you hadn't pulled down that stronghold, then you're gonna go back and believe still what Sally told you in 1975, and you're gonna you're gonna take yeah. that into 2021, and you're gonna live from yeah. you're gonna live from 1975 in 2021. And so um, God doesn't want us to do that, but the enemy does, and so that's why that's why you know the thoughts you think are really important, really really important. Yeah, man. Um... The, the heart is the, it's the seat of your belief system, right? So the things that you believe, the, the things that you accept as reality, the things that you accept as truth, they might be right and they might be wrong, but to you, to you, to your subconscious, I love, I love what you, you know, what you're saying about the subconscious. I call it, I call it the autopilot of your mind. It's like, once you learn something and it becomes a part of you, now what happens is that's a, that's something that's in your belief system. So it becomes part of like your operating system, like the way that you think, not just the thoughts in your head, but the way that you think, mm -hmm. you know, that's what needs to be renewed. Not just the thoughts that come into our head. We yeah. can't control every thought that comes into our head, but it's, it's more so the way that we think, the yeah. way that we respond to conflict, the way that we treat people, the way that we treat people that are just like us and the way that we treat people that are different than us, you know, all of that flows from what's inside of your belief system and become a part of that. Yeah. That subconscious, that sort of underlying way of thinking that really uh, just governs your life and your choices and your actions and your behaviors. Yeah. Um, That's good. Yeah, man. It's uh, it's so key because you know, like you said, talking about faith, your faith responds to what you believe, right? Right. Like, so if I believe that I'm no good, for example, I, I believe that I'm no good at business. I believe that, you know, I, I failed in the past. I failed, you know, the last three things that I tried, I failed. <laughs> so I just believe that I suck at business now. If I believe that, then what am I going to do? Either I'm going to never try again or I'm going to try again, but I'm probably going to sabotage myself because I don't actually believe in myself enough to actually put in the right kind of effort, always thinking that this thing is going to fail. What happened? I developed a belief system that said that I'm supposed to be in this place. It's mm -hmm. not true. It's not, it's not true, but to me, it's true. <laughs> like right. I've accepted it, but like my subconscious mind has accepted it and said, this is, this is true. So this is how you're going to live your life. And right. the, the really detrimental thing about that is that it becomes part of your comfort zone. It becomes part of what's comfortable. And so for some people, like failure has become a, a, a comfort zone, like never succeeding in what they're trying to do becomes a comfort zone because it's what they've experienced and they've accepted it as as truth guess what it's not true it's not true it's not based on truth it's based on a lie of the enemy all right and so it's always going to result in negative you know negative stuff all right so all right i mean at the end of the day is this failure is not final neither is success it. you know neither is success and so um, there's this great book by John Maxwell that says that we should fail for like yep. fail for instead of Love a lot that. of times we fail, we fail backwards and we stay. OK, well, I failed back then. I ain't going to do it now. And uh, I fail at this time. Well, I tried now, you know, but when yeah, you fail man. for you allow yourselves because, listen, you, you in life, you're going to have some L's. You got to take some L's. 
But what if what if I told you what if I told you that you had to take seven L's to get to your first win or to get to your big win? Would you take those L's with a different mindset or would you say, man, I got all these L's? No, you'll you'll be like, okay, well, okay, L1, okay, L2, L3, L4, L5, L6, L7. Okay, okay, I know that after L7, there's going to be a W and then that W is going to it's going to erase all those L's that I had in the past. So it really takes, you know, perspective and how we look at how we look at failure. Because when we fail forward and we say, okay, well, I'm going to use these. See, everything is, is um, I read this in the book, everything is either a lesson or a blessing. And uh, sometimes they're both. Because whatever yeah. you're going through is going to teach you, it's going to make you stronger. Even with conflict, I used to be the type, and me and my wife had this conversation a few weeks ago. I used to be the type to run away from conflict because I love peace. Like I love sure. to be in a peaceful state. I don't like to argue with I you. Um, I, I I I didn't like conflict, but conflict is a barometer that you're going in the right direction. Come on, you know, man. even yeah. with Nehemiah, he had conflict with um with Tobias, and so he was like, "Look, I'm not going to allow this conflict to distract me from moving forward." And so, mm. when we have a perspective change and allow our failure and allow ourselves to fail forward, allow ourselves to look at losses a little bit different, uh, then we'll learn from it and we'll be even better than we were, you know, previously. And so if you learn, if you can, if you, if you challenge yourself to be a lifelong learner, which is what I kind of pride myself in, then whatever you go through is going to make you better because the scripture has to, it has to be true. All things work together for the good of them that love God to those called according to his purpose and will. So it doesn't say some things, it says all things. So whatever you're going through is going to be for your good in the end. It may hurt now, but it's going to be good. It's going to be good for you in the end. So um, conflict, I used to I used to hate it, but now I'm like, okay, I got conflict. That's a barometer that we're doing something the right way because the enemy doesn't come to in empty vaults. And so yeah, man. he'll try to, you know, he'll try to sow the disruption, he'll try to sow the conflict. He'll try to sow the, the distraction to get you off of course. And when you're off of course, then you're you're going down all of these trails. And God is like, nah, I want you to go down this trail right here. So yeah, man. There's like a lot of success teachers and businessmen, entrepreneurs that would that, you know, if you were to ask them like what's 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 your secret to success, they would say something like, I fail fast i fail often i fail you know i fail a lot and like i don't really i don't believe in failure like i i don't even call those things failures like if you start a business and it fails i don't consider that a failure because like what happened in the process you learned how to start a business like what happened in the process you you probably gathered all kinds of knowledge and resources and information that you didn't have before and you never would have gotten unless you actually put your hand to the plow and put your feet out there and started moving in that direction. And so now you're not the same person that you were at the beginning, but if you allow that failure to define the rest of your life and you never do anything else, then nothing's going to like, you're just going to stay where you are. Like, Oh, well, what if we should have, would have, could have like that kind of thing. Um, but if you're willing at least to like life, man, whatever you do in life faith is required so like whether you're in ministry business raising a family i I don't you know if you're a stay-at-home parent if whatever you do in life you need it requires faith and 
faith is really like we I think we overcomplicate what faith is and we put faith up on this pedestal and we have this idea like the disciples when they asked Jesus, hey, Jesus, increase our faith. And Jesus wasn't like he, he, he didn't say, oh, yeah, that's a good request. You definitely need more faith. He said, no, faith as the mustard seed, which is really small faith as a mustard seed will allow you to accomplish the impossible. I'm obviously paraphrasing, but but that was yeah. the, that was the idea there, right? Um, right? He's talking about picking up a tree, tree being uprooted and like whatever. Like the, the idea is you can do the impossible with even a minuscule amount of faith as long as you use it, <laughs> like, as long as you're willing to use it and, and just being willing to step outside of your comfort zone and take that risk. Right. You know, as, as soon as you start approaching the edges of your comfort zone, it seems like all hell starts to break loose because everything's trying to tell you, go back, give up, stop throwing like you're not, this is not, this isn't what we're used to. You're not supposed to go this way. People will come around you and start telling you, are you sure you heard God? Like all this kind of stuff will happen. And like you said, I love that you said that man, that like when you're going through conflict, that's actually an indicator. I think you use the word barometer that tells you that you're actually going in the right direction. If everything is easy, there's a really good chance that you're not where you're supposed to be, or at least that you're maybe you're where you were supposed to be in the last season, but it, but it's probably time to pick up and go on somewhere else because if stuff stays easy for too long, it probably means that you're not growing at that point because all growth happens when you're out of your comfort zone. Yeah. And, and just, you know, this, this is, this, these principles are all throughout scripture. And uh, just look at the children of Israel. When Moses brought them out of Egypt, it was like, man, at least we have food there. Like we, at least like, like you about that, you brought us out here to die. So like, um, we should we should just go back to what we used to, and that's what a lot of people do. Yeah, like, you know, God, you brought me out here to die. Like, really, yeah. you think God brought mm. you this far? He's delivered you just time and time again. He, he didn't bring you there just to leave you there. He brought you there to take you to your promised land. And so, a lot of times, what I see in 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 church and what I see just in business sector, like people, they'll like they, they'll start something and be like, I don't know if I should have started that, and they'll go back. And it's like, don't go back because when you go back, you're going back to bondage and you're 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 um, limiting yourself from receiving those promises that God has mm. for you. So it's going to it's going to it's going to take you um, it's going to take you to go through some things to get to the thing that God has for you. But when he, he takes you through those things, he's growing you through those things as well. So when you get in the see only two people um, went in the promised land. It was Joshua and Caleb um, because the generation, you know, they were complaining like we like Moses, you tripping. Like, why you bring us out here? Like we we yeah. we could we could die in Egypt. We could we had food, you know, but God provided for them and they still complain. And so uh, we're like that. You know, we're like that still today. You know, God has provided for us and shown us that he's delivered us time and time again. But we still want to go back to the old. We still want to live in the old, and so yeah, um, and so yeah. So, thank you. Thank, I'm I'm glad you brought that up because I'm I'm getting ready to do a series next month, and I think I'm going to use that story, you know, and use those principles from that story. So, awesome. Which one? The the uh, mustard seed? No. It, well, no. The um the the Israelites. You know. Oh, okay. You know, wanting to go back to the old. So. Yeah, man. It's just like. 
it's so we're so we're so silly sometimes like i i think about it and i I know that i make these mistakes over and over again where i'll get into a conflict and like my my beginning reaction could be could be to be afraid of it my beginning reaction could just you know to to just yeah get into anxiety or whatever and then it's just so it's just so not necessary like and i think about it and i kind of like like bro like how many times has has god come through for you like how many times have you been in this situation before it it didn't look the same but but a situation similar to the one that you're in now and like has has god ever left you like has god ever abandoned you has he ever not come through for you have you ever been up against the wall and you didn't get what you you know what i mean like and and when we start to think about this that's the that's the the story of the children of israel they would they would go through conflict and they would cry out to god and god would deliver them and then they'd go through a period of or a season where they're actually in comfort and they're fine but then trouble would come their way and then they totally forgot during that process <laughs> how to rest in the faithfulness of god and rest on the promises of god so like we've got to learn to walk with him. We've, we've got to learn to develop that friendship and intimacy with God, regardless of the, of the season of life that we're in. Cause in the good times and in the negative, like when, when, when stuff's going crazy, like we have access to the same God, (laughs) we have access to the same mind of Christ throughout the whole thing. He's always there. He doesn't change. He doesn't, he's not with us less you know, based on the season that we're in. And so, yeah, man, like just learning to walk with him and develop that, that confidence in God. You know, I think it's that, it's that place of confidence and rest in him, that restfulness in, in God, being able to, to confide and to rest in the Holy Spirit, like in his work in our lives and in the faithfulness of God when things are you know whatever season that we're in that that's the foundation for being able to take steps of faith and to and to take risk and to do you know things we'd say you know powerful leaps and steps of faith and stuff like that i think it just it comes from it flows from that place of of relationship where we trust him because we know that he's our shepherd we know that he's good that he's faithful that he's not going to leave us he's not going to forsake us um, and it, it's just so funny to me sometimes, man, how quickly we can forget, you know, mm-hmm. how quickly we could shift our thinking and say, well, this circumstance that I'm up against looks way more real than the faithfulness of God. <laughs> like, hold on no. a second. Like, that's nothing. That's literally nothing. It's literally like, um, Paul says in Philippians chapter four, verse six, be anxious for nothing for nothing. That means that there is nothing that's going to come up against you that warrants like your attention to the point of anxiety. Nothing. Doesn't matter how bad it is, how bad it feels, how bad it looks, like nothing is worth you getting anxious over ever because he's always faithful. So that's just like always yeah, man, where we've got to have our 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 confidence in just in him. Like if we I feel like if we just keep it simple instead of overcomplicating stuff, then um you know we'd have those yeah. issues and those struggles a lot less but i yeah. sure know how yeah. to complicate <laughs> stuff yeah. in my own life you know yeah I and mean, we i mean we really get spiritual amnesia when it comes to things you know and scripture says 
He will okay. keep the imperfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee. Yeah. Because he trusted in thee. So scripture also says, trust in the Lord with all thy heart, lean not into thy own understanding. And so when you're trying to lean on your own understanding, you're trying, that's when anxiety comes. That's when the worries come. Mm -hmm. That's when you like, you forget about what God has done for you in the past. And so uh, we have to make sure that we remember, you know, all that God has done for us and trust in him and he'll give us that peace. That's the path of all understanding. And so I think, I think that's really, you know, what we need. We need that peace that goes, you know, beyond our understanding, but that takes trusting in God. So, um, that's 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 really 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 vital and really key to the believer's life is trust you know and we we think we have it figured out but we don't because there's so mm -hmm. much we think we know that we don't know and so yeah, when we're humble enough to understand that then god can uh evolve us some more and he can elevate us some more because i was telling um i was telling uh, i was telling some of our, our youth our younger adults uh this last week uh, elevation isn't just uh learning and achieving new things elevation requires um unlearning some old things and so wow. it takes unlearning some patterns and some of those patterns we have is guy ah, you didn't come through me before for me before we don't we don't and we don't say that orally but our actions and how we think and and how we get over anxious and how we get over worried that says it and so yeah. but when we really understand who god is and we unlearn that pattern and we know like, you know, and I'm learning this with, with our son, you know, when he's crying, he's no, he knows we're going to he knows we're going to come to his rescue. Um, and so it's not we're not just going to just leave him crying. He's like, yeah, man, you know, <laughs> you 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 in the world, you figure it out. You know, it sounds so crazy. And so God is the same way. He, he's like, OK, look, I'm going to I'm going to come. I'm going to come to you. And scripture says we draw close to God. He'll draw close to us. And so mm, love it. That's good, man. All right. Well, the uh, the book we've been talking about is called Command Your Destiny, The Key to Living the Life You Want by Lester Bell Jr. You can find it at Amazon.com and uh, highly recommend it, uh, especially if you're a negative thinking person, if you recognize that you've got negative thoughts. And actually, like, I don't think most of us realize how negative our thought life is. Um, but, you know, I I've actually I've done this before and I would I would encourage you to do this if you've never done this, like just just become aware of it for a day or or a few days. Let's say the next three days, just like keep a journal and write down every time your thoughts just go negative. Like every time you're just yeah. sitting there and all of a sudden something comes into your head and it just like shifts negative and you just start thinking about, oh, well, what if, what if I don't, what if this, what if, what if, you know, you start thinking in those negative ways. Like if you would keep a, a, a record of that, you might be surprised how often your thinking just automatically just defaults to negative and so yeah i would just recommend um for sure checking out um checking out the book command your destiny by by pastor lester bell jr get it on amazon.com and uh check out some of the other books that he has there as well let me just mention real quick um i i, I know we've uh we've, we've got a several books up there will come up when you when you search but nice guys never finish last um is is another one that's just that's just awesome and um could, could you just give like a, a real brief sort of uh preview of what what that book's about yeah uh basically um you know it really was a it was a it was a challenge for myself to write outside of my comfort zone because i usually mm -hmm. write spiritual type books um and so this book was more of a kind of like a relationship relationship book written um uh, by a man to a man 
And it also has, you know, inserts in there from women, you know, about certain topics. And so I wanted to make it kind of, you know, comprehensive to where they can say, okay, well, he's, they, you're not just reading from the man's perspective, but um, at the end of each chapter, I would have, you know, three, um, I, I, I had three women, um, they would write, you know, a little bit about that section, about that chapter. And so I wanted both perspectives to be seen as well. So it was really a relationship book to help you kind of, you know, uh, increase your relationship with your significant other. And um, it's just a book of encouragement. And um, actually, you know, <laughs> funny story. Uh, so at the time when I wrote this book, I was actually engaged to someone. No, 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 no. The engagement was over. So I had, I had my now wife um, write in the book. And so when she sent me her, when she sent me her paragraph or her, her section of what she had written and I read it, it's like, this is not about the previous guy she had dated. This is about me. I don't know why I felt what? that. Now we, 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 we weren't even, we weren't even a thought then. And so when I reached out to her in 2017, again, she said, this is what she said. She said, I thought you were reaching out to me. For, you, for me to write in one of your books again. And I was like, nah, nah, nah. But wow. when she wrote, when she wrote, I, I can remember the first sentence she wrote. Her first sentence was this. You probably laugh about this. Um, a good man is like a cold popsicle on a hot summer day. And so um, that's the first, that's the first line she wrote. And I was like, this is not about, um, because the beautiful thing about our, our story is we were both previously engaged and almost on the brink of marrying other people. Mm. And then, you know, God allowed us to, you know, be free from those situations. And uh, we found one another. And I, I believe, you know, it's been a great, been a great connection ever since. But yeah, that book is just, you know, just a relationship book for men, uh, written by a man with some women, women's perspective in it as well on that will, you know, it's got some tips in there, you know, to, you know, increase, um, increase your attractability and all of that, all of that great stuff. So just wanted to challenge myself awesome. and, uh, you know, write, write something out of, out of my comfort zone. And that's exactly what that was. So love it. Love it. I'm going to mention one more. Uh, <laughs> and I know you don't like this Lester. I know, I know you're not a fan of like, you know, promoting yourself, but you're not promoting yourself. I'm promoting you. And I think you've got so many good resources and I just want to, I just want to talk about it. So I'm just going to mention one more. Uh, we're talking about writing these books, Lester, uh, you're a, you're, you're a young guy and you've written all these books. And so you clearly know what you're doing. Um, so I just want to recommend Lester Bell Jr.'s guide on how to write a book also available on amazon.com. I love that you did that man for real, because I actually thought about doing that. And I, and I was like, I kind of second guess myself a little bit because I was like, um, if I write this book, it doesn't really, I don't know. I just had a conflict in my thinking of, of that sort of not being yeah. my normal sort of area of focus and like stay in your lane, dude. But <laughs> I love that you did that because that encourages me. And um, like you said, I mean, it's, it's kind of going back to what we were talking about earlier, just like being yourself, like you don't have to fit into a, a box just because it's what you, what you do or what, you know what I mean? And so I love that you had a passion there and a desire to teach other people how to express themselves and get their creativity out. And so if you are out there and you're thinking about writing a book, maybe you've wanted to write a book, but you haven't um, 
you know, you just haven't known how to do it or you, you're looking at it like something that's just a daunting task that you don't even feel like starting. Or maybe you started and abandoned the project or whatever. Um, you know, I don't I don't know if this if it was this way for you, Lester, but for me, it definitely was like I thought that writing a book was going to be this like really just tremendous undertaking to be this really difficult thing. Um, but then once I started writing it, I realized like this is just kind of flowing. It's just kind of coming out of me. And once you sort of have your mind set on something, um, you can actually do it. You can actually get it out and get it on paper. But I would really, really highly recommend this book. Again, Lester Bell Jr.'s guide on how to write a book. If that's something that you are interested in, thinking about, struggled with, um, definitely, because we need that book that's inside of you. Like we need that. There are people that need that. There are people that need that knowledge that God is leading you to write. And, uh, you know, I, I, I take it from somebody who's like sat on way too much stuff for way too long because of second guessing and questioning and stuff like that. We just let's just stop doing that and uh, and just go for it, you know. So highly recommend all of that. You can find all of it at Amazon.com. And Lester, man, just really appreciate you, man. Thanks so much for for your time, for coming on the show. Really enjoy talking to you. Um, so, uh, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, man, I, I definitely feel like it. Yeah, like I said earlier, I definitely appreciate the opportunity um, to do so. And um, this 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 is this podcast is gonna not just the one I'm on. I'm of course I'm biased, but um, I, I just I just see that this podcast is gonna reach so many people, and uh, I'm thankful that you allowed me to be, you know on your platform and, uh, and allow us to have a conversation, a real talk conversation. And um, I just see it, it doing numbers and, and having, you know, multiple, multiple thousands of downloads, multiple millions of downloads. So I'm looking forward to seeing what God is, is doing in your life. And um, I just stand amazed at, you know, you know, who you are as a person. And, and like I said, I, we've only been around each other a few times, but you know, I could sense, you know, in your spirit that you really have a heart for people. And um, I know for a truth, that um, legacy is better because of you. And so I'm thankful that, you know, we share that connection, you know, through Bishop Bennett. And uh, I'm thankful for that relationship, you know. So thank you. Thank you for the opportunity. And uh, we'll have to do it again one day. Yeah. Thank you, brother. Thank you so much. Hey, how come we don't hang out more? <laughs> that's a good question. That's a good, that's a, that's a right? real good question. Bishop Bennett has been trying to get me to the house for like a long time now. But, you know, with COVID happened, now we got a little, got the little one. Now he's driving. Now he's all over the place. So you just started getting in contact with him. So uh, if he's watching this, yeah, I just call you out, Bishop Bennett. So yeah. I love you, though. <laughs> yeah, man, but definitely let's hook it up. Let's get together um, however we need to do it. I know I know your lives are are crazy right now with the new baby and everything. But uh, but yeah, let's let's figure it out. Let's work it out. And um, I really do appreciate uh, you and and your your wife, your family, your church, your church family, all that you guys are doing. I um, let me just mention this. Like I got it. Uh, I've only been to your church one time. And but that was it was it was such a profound experience for me. <laughs> let me tell you why. Like that was when I went to your church a little while back. um when Bishop um, Smith was ministering in your church and, and, uh, and we went to, to just to, to support, it was like, so the first time that I had been in a church besides my own, um, 
since like the lockdown started. Wow. So like I hadn't, you know, I hadn't done any traveling or, or, or anything like that, been in any other churches. And so uh, your church was the, it was like the first real, just like church fellowship with a family outside of my own church family who I love like with all of my heart. Um, but it, it was just, it was just such a good, it's just something for me it was it was impactful you know and uh i just enjoyed the the community that you guys have there um the church family your team um you know and uh i i just really enjoyed it i had a little bit of a chance to to minister and pray and lay lay hands on people like i you know i i love like at go, going through the um the pandemic and the time of lockdown and all of that like it was good you know having zoom in place and having live streams being able to do all that stuff is great and for certain things it's it's really great but right. i just love being able to like lay hands on people and be face to face with people and and just pray and look someone in their eye not through a screen and all of that and so i yeah. uh, really appreciated that opportunity to kind of you know just be with you guys that night and and it was uh it was huge for me and i, I love you guys i love what you're doing um i i, I was telling you a little bit before um, but I just, I just really see you guys as people who are just positioned by God and placed in this generation for such a time as this to impact, not just one kind of person or a certain age group, but to really bridge gaps in the body of Christ, to bring unity, to increase the unity of the body of Christ. And, uh, you know, through this Thing or through this avenue of diversity and connecting different people together, young with old, um, different denominations with other denominations, with people who, you know, different expressions and flavors of, of worship and ministry and, and all of that, because it's all beautiful, it's all important, and we're so much better when we're unified together. And I just really see you guys as, as just agents of unity for, for God's people. And so I'm excited, man. I'm excited for where you're at and where you're going and yeah just really appreciate you guys so yeah man, we, we appreciate you we definitely we definitely do and so so yeah it, it was and it was it was really great to worship with you all you know and just allow an open atmosphere you know to to you know flow and you know and just allow the holy spirit to just you know do his thing so yeah we we are actually you know part of my team we actually stayed after maybe about an hour or so after you all left and just Everybody was just still kind of just, you know, flowing and things. And, you know, we got mm -hmm. to talk about, you know, some some things. We kind of got some more prophetic insight, you know, because the atmosphere was still open. So, um, so yeah, we actually yeah, we actually ended up leaving like 11 something, I think, uh, after wow. that night, I think. Yeah, so it was uh, it was it was great. That's awesome, man. Very cool. All right, brother. Well, I'm going to let you get out of here. Really appreciate you again. Thanks so much for being here, man. And, uh, yeah, we'll have to get together soon. So, oh, yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks, right, everybody. Man. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for joining us. Really appreciate you guys checking out, whether watching and or listening to this episode of Real Live Talk. Uh, this episode, along with all other past episodes, uh, are uploaded to all the major podcast platforms, Apple, Spotify, Google, etc. Again, if you're looking for a way that you can share or support that, uh, yeah, support this channel, if it impacted your life in any way, um, you can do that by subscribing, by sharing or leaving a review and yeah. So thanks so much and see you next time. Lester, love you, brother. See ya. Love you, man. See ya.